Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. Welcome to Cyber Church. I'm telling you, this week we're going to be talking about something that I'm telling you is so crucial. It's going to be one of those key factors that helps you see everything in your life clearly differently, biblically, as God sees it. It's going to help you connect to reality in a way that you probably just never even thought possible. Today, we're going to be talking about the absolute truth. And because we're talking about Satan and mask, this is going to be focused toward the absolute truth about the devil. But in reality, you will apply this to every single area of your life, to every single belief that you have. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. You are going to get so much out of this series. And don't forget, that we got a free download that I'm going to tell you about in just a minute because we want you to invest in yourself, live in victory, be an overcomer all the time. I'll be right back. Man, I got a great download for you this month. It's fight your very last battle with the devil. You know something? I'm going to teach you how to live in victory. No more fighting with the devil. No more screaming at the devil. No more chasing demons around. You're going to win a victory. It's going to last forever. Listen, just click right here right now and get this free download. You know, the concept of absolute truth, I'm sure there's other words for this, but the concept of absolute truth is basically this. There are truths that are so absolute that they become the foundation of how we interpret all other truth. And when we understand what an absolute truth is, we never, ever, ever get confused. We never, ever end up with strange doctrine. We never end up with illogical logic that gets us into trouble. And so today, we're going to discover the absolute truth about the devil. But even more than that, we're going to discover just how to take absolute truth and completely renew our mind and the way we think. You know, this is going to be a revelation. Because remember, all it takes to have a revelation. A revelation is not when God shows you something new. A revelation is when we remove whatever veil, whatever ideology, whatever doctrines or concepts that are in front of our mind, so to speak. And because we remove it now, we can see clearly. You know, a veil is interesting. A veil doesn't make you blind. A veil doesn't block out what you see. It just distorts what you see. And so to get a revelation, all I've got to do is change my vantage point, And that happens the moment I remove that veil from my eyes. And so, you know, a lot of people are praying for God to give them a revelation. God to give them a Let me tell you something. You can get revelation all day long simply by giving up the beliefs that you embrace that are not really based on the absolute truth. And today you're going to learn something about absolute truth. You see, when it comes to the devil, we really don't see Satan or the real Satan. We see an illusion that's primarily created by tradition, superstition, religious perversion of the truth, and subjective experiences. You know, it always amazes me when people have a subjective experience and they want to twist the Bible to fit their 
subjective experience. You say, well, what kind of subjective experiences do we have that cause us to twist the Bible when it comes to the devil? Well, one of the most common is that, you know, somebody will say, you know, I rebuked the devil and then he came against me stronger. And then I did this and this and this and he came against me stronger. That's a subjective experience because the Bible says that if we submit ourselves to God and resist the devil, he's going to flee from us. And it doesn't say that he's going to come against us stronger. You say, yeah, but that's what's happening. Well, if that's what's happening, maybe there is a misunderstanding or misapplication of the truth that you're seeking to apply in that situation. But one thing for sure, it doesn't matter how real something seems to me. It doesn't matter how much it affects my life. It does not matter if the Bible says something different, then I am the one that's wrong and I can't twist the Bible to fit my experiences. I have to bring all of my experiences in line with the Word of God. Now, most of what we believe about the devil is absolutely not in the Bible. And like I said, you know, there's all kinds of religious things out there. There's all kinds of mysticism. There's all types of uh, subjective experiences. There's all types of cultural things. You know, it's interesting. A Catholic priest wrote a book called Dante's Inferno. And it was written basically to scare Catholics into submission to the church. And man, it talked about all these levels of hell and, and the devil and all of the demons were there tormenting you. You know, there are people that to this day believe that when Jesus died, that the devil came and tormented him. Well, that is absolute nonsense. The devil has not yet been to hell. The demons that roam the earth have not been to hell. Hell is not where the devil reigns. Hell is the place where people who have chosen to not want to be with God, that's where they abide. But the devil's not in charge there. He will receive the ultimate torment of any body or any being that's in hell. But we believe that. Why? Because Dante's Inferno, hundreds of years ago, wrote it. It became a part of our culture. It got repeated over and over again. People incorporated it into their theology. And then today, even though it's nowhere in the Bible, people will fight you in a heartbeat if you disagree with their religious, cultural, superstitious concepts about the devil. You see, not only most of what we believe about the devil is not in the Bible, most of what we do to have victory over the devil is not only not in the Bible, but it's incredibly ineffective. As a matter of fact, most people that I know, they get caught up in spiritual warfare they have unscriptural beliefs about the devil. They have unscriptural beliefs about how to deal with the devil. And they never get scriptural results. They never get biblical results in their life. And usually their lives become more and more consumed with fighting the devil. And they become more devil conscious than they are God conscious. They can't see God moving in their life because all they can see is what they perceive to be the devil. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If that's where you are, you may get insulted. Remember I told you last week? The truth that has the most potential to set you free always has the most potential to offend you. And so you can get offended at this or you can say, you know something, I'm going to listen with an open mind. I'm not giving up my beliefs right now, but I'm going to listen with an open mind. I'm going to see if I can understand what the Bible really is saying, if I need to adjust my beliefs. You know, one of the, the call to renew our minds is one of the primary 
responsibilities of the believers. As a matter of fact, if you want to go through transformation, in other words, if you want to grow in the Lord, you have to renew your mind. If you want to grow in the Lord, you have to be ready to give up your personal opinions, your religious opinions, your cultural opinions. It don't matter if your priest said it, your pastor said it, your elder said it, your mama said it, your daddy said it. If it's not in the Word of God, then you have to be ready to let it go. You have to be ready to give it up. Also, you know, to renew your mind means that you got to change what you think, which is basically repentance. You know, we live in a world today, a Christian world today, there's, there's an entire movement that's built around the concept that Christians don't repent. Well, let me tell you something. If you don't repent, the only option that you have then is to continue to believe something that's not true. When you realize something is not true, you've got to change your mind. You've got to change the way you think about it. You've got to change what you think, and you've got to change how you think about it. As a matter of fact, renewing the mind. I can remember, you know, when I first got saved, I would hear a pastor talk about renewing your mind. It was just, it was, it was so shallow and immature. It's like, yeah, we just, we got to quit thinking all these nasty, dirty thoughts about sex and, you know, sin. Renewing your mind has nothing much to do with any of that. Renewing your mind is about changing what you think about God, changing what you think about you, changing what you think so that it aligns with what you have in the new birth. But I want you to understand something. Renewing the mind is not just dealing with what you think, it's dealing with how you think. And I hate to say this, and you know, I've had many people get offended over the years when I make this kind of statement. See, one of my primary roles as a minister is uh, first and foremost to give you the truth, to show you the Word of God. And before this is over, you're going to understand the difference between what's true and what's true. But not only do I need to give you the truth, I need to help you discover how to think. Very few Christians know what to think because they don't really know the truth according to the Word of God, according to the finished work of Jesus. And they don't know how to take that information and think in a way that actually keeps them stable and victorious. Now, let me give you an example of this. There is what the Bible calls the foundations of the faith. And in writing about the foundations of faith, the writer talks about, he says, we need to leave this discussion of the elementary principles of Christ so that we can go on to perfection, not laying again the foundations of faith or the foundations of repentance from dead works and so on. And so he gives us six foundations. Now, this phrase, not laying again, is a crucial phrase because it has two meanings. It can mean we're not going to lay this again in the sense of we can't keep going back and repeating this over and over. How are we ever going to get to the place where we can deal with righteousness and the true important factors of the Word of God? How are we ever going to get to that place if we have to keep teaching you these foundational things over and over and over again? But it also means to not cast away or cast down the foundation. In other words, when we move to these other things, you can't throw this away. And what I see with so many believers is, number one, they don't even know what the foundational teachings are. But when they get the foundational teachings, all it takes is some exciting sermon, some preacher that comes in and makes you sound like he's got it all figured out and got all the answers, and you'll get caught up and swept away, and you will accept a truth that doesn't fit on the foundations 
that God's children are absolutely essential before we can move on to the more mature things. When we come back, I'm going to teach you how to build on an absolute foundation of truth so that you always have revelation knowledge that's rooted in the Word of God and so that you can always read the Word in a way that works, but also in light of context of this message. So you will never be afraid of the devil. You'll never succumb to the devil. You'll always be an overcomer. I'll be right back. My brand new series on Satan Unmasked is going to open your eyes to who Satan is since the resurrection of Jesus and show you how to have absolute victory all the time. No more fear, no more dreading, no more thinking that he's going to attack you, no more living in guilt and condemnation. Listen, the days that lay ahead, if we're going to live as overcomers, we've got to know who God is. We've got to know who Jesus is. We've got to know what we have in Jesus. And we've got to know who Satan really is. And I'm going to unmask him with the word of God. And for the first time, you're going to see who he really is. You're going to see and understand what really happened to him through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And you're going to understand your victory in him is absolute. I mean, I'm telling you, it is a done deal. This is going to make walking with God where you don't even have to consider what the devil's doing. You don't have to worry about what the devil's doing. You're going to be free to focus on God and all of his promises. In the Old Testament, God had some absolute truths, and those absolute truths, more than anything else, was each of his individual names. And the Bible tells us that God exalted above all things his word and his name. So his word and his name would never contradict each other. Well, stop and think about it. The, God's name was Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. And so... Many people, though, saw God as the tormentor, as the one who brought them trouble. Well, if I interpret God's word inconsistent with his name, I have now denied his name. I've now taken his name in vain. And, you know, taking the name of the Lord in vain has more to do with that than it does using his name in conjunction with a swear word. I'm not saying it's all right to do that, but I'm just saying taking God's name in vain means, yeah, I believe in the name of God. Oh, but I, I believe something over here that contradicts it. Now, in the New Covenant, we have the ultimate absolute truth. We have the fulcrum of reality. We have the one and only source forever truly interpreting God's word and applying it properly. And it will always be harmonious with the name of God. And that is the life, the teaching, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That is the absolute truth. Everything that God has ever said in the Old Testament, we can only understand what God really intended, what his real motives were, and how it should have been applied if we apply it based on Jesus' teaching, Jesus' life, and then ultimately the death, burial, and resurrection. Now, Stop and think about it. God's name is Jehovah Rophi, the Lord God that heals you. That's his name. Jesus came as an exact representation of God, and he never turned away one sick person. Every person that came to him be healed, he ministered to them. Yet, every single day, we are taught in churches all across America, in books and Christian bookstores, we are taught that God makes people sick many times to teach them because he's got some secret that he's trying to work in their life, some mysterious goal that's going to get worked out in his life if he makes them sick. Now, see, when we do that, 
We are ignoring two absolute truths. We're ignoring and denying the name of God. We are ignoring and denying the name of Jesus. See, we can't come up with doctrinal concepts that violate what Jesus taught us and what Jesus modeled. And it doesn't matter if you're trying to understand the Old Testament or you're trying to understand the epistles. You know, the epistles were not revelations that were different than what Jesus taught. Basically, the epistles were just revelations about how to put what Jesus taught in practice. Well, what did Jesus taught? Jesus taught the law and the commandments based on walking in love, not to earn righteousness. God gave us righteousness as a free gift. In our inner man, we're as righteous as we're going to get, but that is a potential that does not come into fruition in our life unless we yield to righteousness. In other words, it's dormant. Righteousness does nothing in us if we do not yield to us. We're not trying to earn anything from God. We're not trying to earn our righteousness, but in fact, we're yielding to the righteousness of God in Christ. Stop and think about it. Jesus never personally, and remember, He's our model. So when I want to know what are the limits? What are the boundaries of what my life could look like as a believer? Well, there's only one place I can look. That's not the Apostle Paul. That's not the Apostle Peter. It's Jesus. Jesus is the model of a man that's filled with the Holy Spirit. And what Jesus did as a man filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus never suffered one personal defeat to the devil. Not one time did the devil ever overcome him. And he showed us how to do that, how to win those battles. Yet... We are told that God will let the devil attack you and defeat you so that you can learn these mystical lessons. Any interpretation of any part of the Word of God that is not based on the life and the teachings and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is not New Covenant. And we live in the New Covenant. We don't live in the Old Covenant. See, we are connected we are connected to the name of God, to the Word of God. We are connected to Christ as our model. And every time in our conflict with the devil or in how we're operating faith or how we're doing anything, every time we throw away or abandon what Jesus taught, what Jesus modeled, what Jesus accomplished through His death, burial, and resurrection, then we are in fact abandoning these absolute truths. We throw away Jesus' life, His teaching, and the cross for sermons that are exciting, that tickle our ears. When we stay true to the absolute truths that we know, then we'll never be confused. We'll never fall prey to bad doctrine. We will know the truth, and we can experience the truth, and the truth can absolutely set us free. You know, one of the things I always think about is Paul and Apollos. Apollos was a better preacher than the Apostle Paul. And so I believe it was at Corinth that Apollos came in and taught his version of the gospel. Apollos didn't even know that Jesus had been raised again, so it wasn't much of a gospel. All he had ever heard about was the baptism of John. And so he preached about the Messiah coming, preached it fervently and passionately. And Paul came in and said, whoa, wait a minute. And he ministered to them about the resurrected Lord. People got born again. But did you know that there was, I don't know how long, but for years there was a struggle between those people who chose to believe Apollos' doctrine as opposed to Paul. Apollos' doctrine was wrong. Apollos' doctrine was not based on 
the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. But here's the deal. He was a better preacher than Paul. Let me tell you something. Anytime you're sitting in church and you hear something that contradicts Jesus' life, Jesus' teaching, the death, burial, and resurrection, you need to make sure right then in your heart you say, no, I do not accept this. But I'm going to tell you something, especially when it comes to your thoughts, your issues, and your fears about the devil. Remember, an absolute truth is something that is always true. It never changes, and it becomes the basis for evaluating all of our concepts of truth. Jesus is the absolute truth. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And we never see anything as it really is until we see it in light of his life, his teachings, his death, burial, and resurrection. So that's where I'm trying to take you. I'm trying to take you and believing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And until you base everything you believe on his life, his teachings, his death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, until then, you're really not fully believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's look at Satan just through the life of Jesus. We talked about it in last week's message. Through the life of Jesus, you know, he just cast out devils. He didn't put up any nonsense. He won every victory. He never succumbed to the devil's defeat. Not ever one time. He was never afraid of the devil. But let's look at his victory through the cross. You know, the book of Colossians tells us something that is so incredibly interesting. It tells us that, and we actually read this scripture last week in Colossians chapter 2, uh, verse 13, it says, And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. That's what he did for us. It talks about how these handwriting, these requirements, they were against us. They were contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it. Now, it says here that all principalities and powers have been completely disarmed, completely stripped of any arms or power or capacity to bring harm into our life. This whole idea, and see, you know, principality and power gets into this concept of rank, you know, having spiritual rankings and right. There are people that believe that the devil has a higher ranking that man, that he has more authority than man. That is absolutely not true. The Bible contradicts that. So the question is, do I believe it? What if I have some frightening experience? What if I'm sitting in a room and suddenly the bed I'm in starts shaking? It looks like the exorcist. Am I going to immediately throw away and deny the name of Jesus by denying what he's accomplished? Am I going to deny that just because I'm having this experience? Or Am I going to force my experience to come in line with the Word of God by my faith? And that's where I'm going to get you to. When you make the life of Jesus, His whole life, death, burial, resurrection, when you make that your focal point, you make your situations and circumstances line up with the Word of God. I'll be right back with a mentoring moment. Don't go away. You want to hear this. Listen, if you really want to unravel all this in your life and you want to live in the victory that Jesus has given you, be sure and click now and download your series of Satan Unmasked. I'm telling you what, victory is yours. It's time to start living it today. 
I want to invite you to a outstanding meeting that we're going to be having in Edmonton, Canada, promoted by Docs and Ministries there. We are going to be having a Dignity and Worth seminar. I want to tell you something. Dignity and Worth is one of those foundational truths that once you have a biblically-based sense of self-worth, so many other factors in your life begin to come together. As a matter of fact, you can just end so many of life's struggles just by knowing who you are in Jesus and being able to experience who you are, feel right about yourself, feel the love of God. And we're going to have a workbook for you. This is going to be tremendous, and it's going to start on March the 31st, and it's going to go through April the 2nd. If you're interested in attending that, you can check our website, or you can check Doxa Ministries in Canada. You don't want to miss this. This is absolutely going to be a life changer. Before I jump into the mentoring moment, I just want to mention this. Be sure and click below right now to like this message. And then at the end of this mentoring moment, if you'll take just a few seconds and subscribe to my YouTube channel, it will help us touch more people. You see, the Internet is one of the most powerful and cost-effective ways to reach the world. And when you like or subscribe to my channel and like my messages, it actually causes more people to see and hear these messages. So help us reach one billion people by clicking like and subscribing. Now listen, the Bible tells us to bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. In other words, what did Jesus obtain by his obedience? Every thought, every opinion that we have, that's not harmonious with what he accomplished, with what he showed us, with what he demonstrated, has got to be rejected because it is a vain imagination. See, we think of vain imagination as these corrupt, horrible, sinful thoughts. No, a vain imagination is anything inconsistent with Jesus' life, with his teaching, with his death, burial, and resurrection. So I want to ask you to make a list of some of your vain imaginations about the devil. Do you believe, number one, that he's a defeated foe? Do you believe that he has no power over you? Do you believe he has no rank above you and can never have authority over you? Do you believe that he cannot hurt you? Do you believe that if you resist him, he's going to come against you harder? And just go through some of the things that you have been taught about the devil, some of the things that you believe about the devil, and then simply go back and say, is this a vain imagination? Or is this modeled in the life of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus, and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus? And you know something? If it's not, get rid of it. And I'm telling you, your demon problems will go away as soon as your vain imaginations go away. So it's time for a new start, new day. Listen, you don't want to miss one word of this series. Keep coming back. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.